0: This is episode number 111 of the High Impact Leaders Podcast, your shortcut to personal growth and career success. Hey there, welcome to High Impact Leaders. I'm your host, Doug Standard of the Leaders Institute, and our goal is to help you build strong teams while growing a successful business. This week, I'm going to cover a leadership topic that can actually be very confusing because of all of the different facets related to this topic. We're going to talk about team building. Specifically, I'm going to go into what exactly do people mean when they talk about team development or team building activities or exercises. And the reason why this topic is so confusing, by the way, is that the topic is very broad. It can cover everything from building a sports team to company outings and experiences to make corporate meetings more fun and interactive. So there's a lot of ground to cover. Um, But it's a fascinating study, though. After spending over a decade playing competitive sports myself and then spending another decade in the corporate world before starting my own business, I've learned a lot about what makes a good team and what has the potential to cause team challenges. So on this episode, I'm going to share a little bit of that experience with you. By the way, as always, if you like the sessions, don't forget to subscribe to the High Impact Leaders podcast and make sure to rate the podcast in your review wherever you download the show. If you have any questions for me or comments, you can tweet me at Doug Stannard, or you can contact me via my website at leadersinstitute.com. So what exactly is team building anyway? The term team building is thrown around quite often describing any type of activity where it's likely to build some type of camaraderie or team environment. However, the specific activities and the games that make up a good event can be lumped into really a few different categories i'm going to give you the the three basic categories and we'll talk go into in depth on a few of these and and give you some some ideas on how to actually use these ideas to build better teamwork within your within your own company or within your industry, um, the success of your company really depends on its foundation. You know things like customers, profit, and and of course the third thing is company culture. So team building exercises are a great way to connect staff and build that positive team culture. However, the effectiveness of the exercises or the events really depends on the inclusion of the whole team. <laughs> And one of the ways that you do that is in smaller teams aiming for a shared goal. So some involve a random object, such as a tennis ball, while others um, use puzzle pieces with, with trivia questions and that kind of thing. So let's kind of get into the three major types of team development or team building activities. And again, these work whether you are trying to build a, a sports team or a, a community involvement team or a team of students or a team of business people or a mastermind group or whatever type of team that you're really trying to build. So the first major category is the team games and exercises. So the, the games and exercises are most of the time, these are kind of short activities that are kind of fun and competitive They're also typically used as an icebreaker or a warm-up to a bigger meeting or an event. So a lot of times these team games begin uh, in small groups and then they can build into larger groups that are collaborating with each other. People sometimes use these games as entertainment and sometimes they're more of a distraction to break up a bigger event. Some, You know, we've had a lot of speakers and we want to uh, break up the... Boring stuff that's going on in the meeting, and insert something a little bit more fun. And so, hey, let's do a five-minute game or activity to kind of get the morale back up and get people back into the the meeting and paying attention. For the most part, though, these exercises are are fairly easy to deliver and fairly easy to facilitate, uh, no matter what your your kind of skill level is. Now, you can find a nice selection of these ideas um, on our website at leadersinstitute.com i'll put a i'll put a link in the show notes that can give you a few ideas if that's the type of thing that you're looking for but you can also just do a search on google or or on uh, youtube and you can find tons of of free team games that you can that you can add into your meeting. Um in, in, anyone by the way can facilitate these types of activities. They're if I, I mentioned that they're free. If if they're not free, it's gonna be something very low cost, you know, but um they, they kind of go Beyond board games and jigsaw puzzles, though, I mean, these are these are things that you can use to to really get your team kind of interactive. Um, so I'll give you a few examples here. And then um, and if you want more details about these, just make sure and go to our website, go to the show notes and it'll give you um, a, a ton of different examples that you can kind of use that you can use here. So an old standby, by the way, is, um, it is an icebreaker that's kind of like networking bingo. That's where everybody gets a sheet of paper that has a grid that's similar to bingo. And each box in the grid has an attribute of one or more participants in the room that the holder of the card must then find in the room. So the attributes can be just about anything such as um, a person with the same middle initial as the holder of the card, or maybe find someone in the room who has both a pet dog and a pet cat. when, when they find someone who matches that attribute, they fill in that box and the first person to complete the entire row or column wins. So this one's very common. People use this a lot um, because it is very common and it is used quite often. Um, it, it can be seen by others as being a little cheesy. But as long as uh, as long as the people in the room don't know each other very well, Or they they don't know each other, their personal lives very well. It could be a good way to kind of break the ice and get people to interact. Um, Another low cost exercise is is what we call the human knot. It's where uh, small teams take the hands of various neighbors who are standing in a circle Without letting go of their neighbor's hands, the teams must untangle themselves. So to set this activity up, all you really need to do is just get the number of participants that are participating in this thing or that are playing the game to get around to organize themselves into a circle and then just hold hands with somebody that's across from them or next to them or just on the other side of another person with them, that kind of thing. And once they kind of grasp each other's hands, they have to form a straight line. So you just got to make sure that two people uh, are only connected with with one hand. So everybody else has two hands, you know, they're shaking hands with with, um, two different team members. Uh, but the the two people that are only shaking one person's hand are going to end up being the end of the the chain. So they just gotta work their way around and and <laughs> group each other. Uh, just I love this particular game because it incorporates multiple skills. While still having pretty fun, the human knot requires it requires clear communication. It it requires an agreed upon common goal. It allows a person to step up as the leader, or multiple people sometimes to step up as a leader. Uh, being someone uh, somewhat um, on the clumsier side of thing, you know, a lot of times laughter will will ensue because people start falling over and they move their bodies to untangle the knot. Um, but a bit of create creative thinking uh, on the solution helps a lot. So it gives them a chance to really kind of think outside the box, so to speak Uh, little games like this are, are great ways to kind of break the ice, make meetings a little bit more interactive and and make them fun. And like I said, we have dozens of these things on our website. You can just follow the link in the show notes. It will give you a, a bunch of these activities. If you don't like the ones that we're providing for you, you can Google, team building games or team building icebreakers uh, or go to um, to YouTube, you'll find a ton of these things. So the second type of team activity uh, that can be really fun is what's called a team outing. So sometimes you may just want to reward your group or just get them out of the office for some fun. And outings are a great way to build camaraderie and create a shared experience for your group. Now, although team outings increase the expense of your team team, building activity, they can actually create a, a nice team culture within your group. These, By the way, these can be as simple as reserving a pavilion at a park and catering a, a barbecue for the group. That's a fairly inexpensive type of outing. Or you could possibly run a bowling alley or take the group to a, a baseball game or a ball game of some type. Um, and and you can get really extravagant on some of these. I, I've got a friend who works for a company here in the Dallas Fort Worth area that every year they rent out Six Flags. They rent out the theme park uh, for about four hours, and the park is only available to the employees of this big company here in, in Fort Worth. So on that day, typically the, the park closes at, you know, six o'clock in the afternoon or evening, you know, it'll be in the middle of summer. So they'll still have three or four hours of, of park time and they, they clear out the entire theme park. And then only this company's employees can come in afterwards with their special tickets and they get the whole theme park to themselves. It's, it's really fun. It's very, very expensive though. but you know, if you have the, the revenue and the means to do that, it, th- th- those kind of things can be a, a, a nice treat for your team. And it's something that's unique to your organization. Other types of team outings are things like when when companies buy box seats or season passes for the local sports teams. Um, some of my favorite memories involved a, a scavenger hunt. Um, one specifically celebrated uh, different local businesses by requiring a picture of their location. So you had to, when you were doing the scavenger hunt, you had to go to the local business and you have to had have, have had to have had your entire team in that local business posing for a picture. And, and it was a fun way to kind of conclude their their outing with a picnic and, and that kind of thing. So you can incorporate a lot of different things into a, a team outing. Um, I did just a few months ago. I did an event for a group that um, rented out a meeting room at a at an indoor go kart facility, uh, which was a little bit different than what I was expecting. <laughs> So they started the meeting with a catered lunch and then they had the regular business meeting that lasted maybe an hour and a half, two hours or so. And then they gave them passes to go play the arcade games and go ride go karts, And, and so they, they basically got their, business stuff done, but also gave a couple hours for the team to just kind of cut loose, have fun, have a few drinks together, build some camaraderie. And so you can do a lot of different things like that that can make your organization have more of that team culture while providing the benefits of the, the, the regular business meeting as well. So the third one is the one that we're going to spend a little bit more time on. These are the The team building events or team building activities that are entire, these are entirely different, by the way, from doing a, an icebreaker, or a team game, or doing an outing. These events are a little bit more complicated. They're a little bit more challenging to deliver. So as a result, uh, we, we suggest that you hire a professional speaker or a professional facilitator to get the best results for this type of, of activity. Uh, just so you know, events or workshops, they typically last eh, maybe two hours or so, up to, you know, an hour to two hours most often. And And they often have a purpose either to maybe fix a group challenge that that the group is experiencing or to keep a group engaged for the entire time. Most often, these are included in some type of longer meeting. This could be an annual convention or a quarterly meeting, something where most of the items that are going to be covered on the agenda are going to be maybe technical or maybe not as fun you know and so these are items that are inserted into the agenda to kind of build morale build some camaraderie let people have some fun and a lot of times these are kind of used as capstones to the the meeting so if it's a two-day convention or annual meeting this a lot of times will be the last thing it's a high energy event where the group is really interactive, really having a lot of fun, so that when they get back on the planes to go home or go back to work the next week, they're still thinking about this great, fantastic activity. So the the longer that the event is and the bigger the group, the more complex the facilitation of this type of event. So it, 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 that's why we suggest a lot of times that that you get professional help for this specific type of team activity. Uh, the smaller the group is and the shorter the activity, the easier it is. And so the more likely you'll be able to do it on your own without the help of somebody that actually does this for a living. Um, for instance, a series of icebreaker games, they're only going to keep group members engaged for so long before people kind of get bored, there's kind of a diminishing return on those types of things. So, even though they're very fun, it's what we mentioned at the very beginning of the of the episode, they're very fun in that uh, if um, if the the last speaker you know finished and maybe was not as engaging, and now we want to break it up and do something kind of fun in between. A lot of times you can get a lot of instant morale boost by doing a, a quick little game or, or icebreaker. But if you do another one and then another one and then another one and then another one, the analogy I like to use is kind of like dessert. It's one of those things where you know, you've know, you just had a big meal. You, you were very satisfied and you probably don't really need dessert, but then all of a sudden... The waiter comes over and shows you the the dessert tray, and you kind of look and go, "Ooh, man, everything on there looks really nice." And then you get the really phenomenal, you know, baked Alaska, and and you eat every bite, even though you you're really full already. And then all of a sudden, once you kind of lick the spoon and and uh, take your take your napkin and put it on the on the plate and the table, because oh man, I'm just overstuffed. Then all of a sudden they bring out another piece of cheesecake, right? So it's kind of the same with a a team activity. That's why most of the time these things are kind of used more as a crescendo. It's it's the last thing that people do because um, it'll be the thing that they remember and they go, oh, man, that really was a good capstone for that that meeting or that meal, right? Um, So, by the way, this could be uh, things like... um, time management or leadership skills or problem solving skills. Um, uh, When, when you're trying to do something like that, a simple game can be great, but they're not going to hold the attention of a large team for very long. So if you're, if you um, have a, the bigger the group is, the more likely you're going to get fewer, a fewer percentage, a smaller percentage of those people to actually play along for a long period of time. So as a result, and really an entire industry has come onto the scene comprised of facilitators who lead these types of events. So many of these facilitators start out conducting the simple games that we that I mentioned before, but the games and exercises don't work as well with larger groups. So they had to kind of get creative. They figured out ways that by intertwining team building activities with a good cause and then giving a time limit and, you know, possibly naming the winning team, people had a, a great time and, and were engaged. So let me give you a few details about some, some ways to make this specific type of team activity work really well. So we're going to talk about the professional team building activities and how, how um, you can you can make your team meeting or your annual meeting can really accelerate by incorporating one of these activities the first major breakthrough breakthrough that came on the scene was um, called charity team building activities. That's one of the things that we started doing back in uh, 2005 was the first one that we did. Uh, and I, I kind of like to think that we were the first group or the first company to to actually do this, but there may have been a few other companies that were doing it, it just wasn't a big thing prior to the the charity team building activity industry being created. Once once um, Once this industry came on the scene though, it be, we find it hard now to actually do a big meeting or a event without having one of these types of things in it. So basically what happens is, Uh, the activities engage the participants in challenges that ultimately conclude with a donation to charity. So like, for instance, the first one that that we did was called the Build-A-Bike team building activity. And in that activity, our facilitators have an entire group of people solve challenges to earn bicycle parts. So every single time that they solve a challenge, they get another piece of the, the bicycle. So they might get the handlebars or they might get a seat or they might get pedals or they might get the frame. Uh, and then once they have all of the the uh, pieces, they'll, they build the bicycles, they put the bicycles together and then they donate those bicycles to charity. So that was the one that kind of set the stage for the entire industry. But since we created that, you know, 15, 20 years ago now, um a bunch of other ones have kind of come on the scene so like one a couple of them that are that are our favorites are where you build an entire mini golf course like a putt putt kind of thing a mini golf course out of food items non-perishable food items like canned goods and macaroni and cheese boxes and then you donate those food items to a food bank or a homeless shelter or um one of them that's very popular right now is where uh, you you stuff stuffed animals for kids that have been involved in a in a trauma of some type. The big thing to keep in mind about these different types of activities, though, is that because there are challenges involved, it's not just a service project. It's not just get together to do manual labor. Yeah, you know, that's fulfilling, but it's not really fun. But with, this type of, with the type of team activities that we're talking about, um, as each small group accomplishes all of the tasks that they're assigned, they feel a sense of pride in what they've done. And so when the donation occurs, they create the, it creates the emotional impact at the end of the event as well. So each team gets to present their newly completed bicycle to a young kid or newly completed stuffed animal to um, a special victims unit police officer that's going to give that to a kid um, that has been through some type of trauma. Um, The entire event is kind of uplifting, it's emotional, and it's very rare now that meeting organizers don't add some type of charity activity to the agenda. Um, but, but um, just kind of keep in mind that there's a lot of confusion though that can cause problems. So and this is, this is one of the things that we've kind of figured out, especially in the last five or six years that was really, really important about this specific topic because the big challenge that many event planners or organizers or leaders within companies get confused is that they're confusing the games and outings that we talked about prior with a formal event. You know, for instance, one team game can be fun, and interactive. However, if a facilitator just strings together a series of games over and over to fill a time slot, each additional game will have kind of a diminishing return on enthusiasm. It would be like, you know, playing a board game with your family. I mean, the first one is pretty fun and rewarding. However, if you immediately play a second game and then the third, <laughs> it's not going to take long for participants, for your kids to kind of lose interest, right? Also, much like any other event, consider the venue too, because uh, manual labor in like three digit temperatures is no longer a fun activity (laughs) and within somebody's comfort zone. So if you confuse an outing with one of these formal team activities you can have a similar challenge um for instance we often get requests from potential customers where they'll say something like hey we don't really want a team building activity or we don't want an event we just want to build some bikes for kids and they forget though that manual labor really isn't very much fun just you know just having a team complete manual task even if it's for charity is still going to be manual labor the fun occurs when teams are are working together to solve problems when they're working toward a, 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 to accomplish a common goal. This allows each of the team members to collaborate and build communication skills. Um, by the way, I know of groups who volunteer to do Meals on Wheels or Habitat for Humanity, and they, they feel great satisfaction as a result. But those particular events aren't extremely fun, though. You know, th- these volunteer activities they provide ample team bonding, but for many, it's not going to create a real lasting memory. It's, it's Once it's over, it's not one of those things that people are going to really dwell on and think, oh, my God, I'm glad I work for such a fantastic company or I work for, I'm a part of such a great team. And they feel rewarded because they've done something good for their community, but it's not as lasting as it would be if it was a fun team activity that has the emotional impact. So if you really want to reward your employees, or if you want to want them to have a lot of fun, um, and investment in a great team activity, can be very rewarding. Um, There are many, many benefits of team building that are a great opportunity to really gather your staff together and have some fun. Um, So if you're looking for details about any of those things, just make sure and click the link in the show notes. Well, it'll take you to a few different activities that you can kind of organize. And then if you need help with a professional facilitator, we can uh, identify a few in your area that can help you pull one of these things off like like a champ. All right. So thanks a lot for being a part of the High Impact Leaders podcast. We'll see you next week. Bye, y'all.